The following is a presentation of the PTB Media Network. Parking the Bus podcast can be followed on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify, or if you have an Amazon Echo by simply saying, Alexa, play the Parking the Bus podcast. Don't forget to check out the show's homepage at www.parkingthebusmedia.com. Welcome back. Episode 73, Parking the Bus here on the PTB Media Network. Your host, Mr. Mike Agustinio, here again. And let's get right into it then. Why don't we? We're going to Serie A to get it started. It was week one, round one. Serie A returns, debuting here in the United States on Paramount Plus. And Paramount Plus is just second to none when it comes to producing football and presenting football content for all of us here in the United States of America. As I pull up the Fop Mob uh, right now. Just my first overall thoughts, okay? Uh, the storylines coming in. Inter, okay? They lost Rom- Romelu Lukaku. That was a big story that happened not that long ago in the lead-up to the start of the season, okay? He was in camp. He was there training. And they were very, they were very close to having him this season. But at the, at the last moment, as the window was beginning to you know, to approach its closing in England, Romelu Lukaku goes for a large transfer fee back to Chelsea Football Club in England. We'll talk about him later in the episode because his name will certainly come up again. And we will we will see how he did on his return. But we start in Serie A, like I said, as it is their opening weekend. And in addition to Inter, another storyline, another thing everyone's watching was Juventus. How were they going to bounce back this season? Okay. Um, The ongoing saga, Cristiano Ronaldo. Will he stay? Will he go? We thought he was staying. We thought it was done and dusted. There had been no no word about where he might go. I still think he's staying, and I thought there was no chance he was leaving. However, now I'm a little bit more in doubt. Um, I don't see... He just does not make sense. For anybody to go break the bank to bring him in right now. And, and you know, he's maybe my favorite player ever, okay? He is the GOAT in my eyes. But it makes no sense to virtually anybody that wants any type of future to go and get this player right now. Unless you're a team that has to win today. And there are two teams in Europe who, who fit that description in my opinion. One is Manchester City, and he doesn't make sense there if they're going to break the bank for Harry Kane. Because even if they don't get Harry Kane today, they're going to try again in January. They're going to try again next season. You bring in Cristiano Ronaldo, first of all, to a rival club to Manchester City. 
the United legend to Manchester City. That would absolutely crush me. I don't think I could ever get, I could ever recover from that. To be honest, as a fan, um, I will never, I would never get used to that. But it also doesn't make sense as they already have too many players in in those positions, and you just broke the bank to bring in Jack Grealish, and you're gonna bring in Cristiano Ronaldo now to relegate Grealish your hundred million pound investment to the bench? Probably not. The other is is Paris Saint Germain, who just brought in Lionel Messi on one side, and it's all or nothing for them this year. This is why the only place that actually makes any sense for Cristiano Ronaldo to go in this off season is to Paris Saint Germain. Uh, especially with the traction we're getting now and the more and more snowball effect we're getting that um, Kylian Mbappe is going to Real Madrid most likely. Um, that story keeps gaining more and more momentum. So if that happens, then yes, I think Cristiano Ronaldo goes to Paris on that on the back end of that deal. When that cash is brought in, it's used to bring in Cristiano Ronaldo, who... As I said, it doesn't make much financial sense for teams to bring him in. But if you have the cash on hand, as PSG would in the event that they sell Mbappe, he's actually coming at a very reduced rate. Okay, Juventus are willing to let him go for less. Um, I guess we can stay on this topic and we'll start with Juventus. Uh, why, why this is controversial? Um, well... Here's the issue, okay? And everyone wants to blame Ronaldo, and everybody wants to blame him that he, you know, he can't accept the limelight being on Messi on his on his transfer. I think it's a little more nuanced than that, to be honest with you. I think it has more to do with the sheer fact that Juventus want to offload him. They want him in their team from a football sense, but they need to clear his wages. Clearing Ronaldo's wages will completely allow them to rebuild this team. Uh, when they per- when they went out and they they purchased his contract, when they transferred him, when they um, paid that fee to Real Madrid, okay, we, this was pre-COVID. They had no way of knowing revenue was going to hit the tank very quickly. They had no way of knowing that they wouldn't be able to afford him three seasons later, okay? And now this fourth season of Cristiano Ronaldo at Juventus, um, Financially for them is a burden. I get it. And it's a tough situation because the player's not at fault. And would any of you at your job take a pay cut to stay at your job? I sure as hell wouldn't. Maybe I I hate my job, so that could be one reason. But um, I sure as hell would not stay uh, making collection calls to angry customers and take a pay cut so so uh, so that my company can bring in more people. No, not one bit. Okay, not one bit. So uh, I also wouldn't load trucks for less money either so that we could bring in more people. Yeah, we need more people in both of those jobs, but you know what? I'm not taking the pay cut. I've I've put in my time. I've earned what I got. And uh, to ask a player to do that, I know that that Gerard Piquet did that at Barcelona, okay, allowing um, Memphis Depay to be registered, okay? Listen, there's a difference because Gerard Piquet is from Barcelona. That is his club. Cristiano Ronaldo is from a tiny island in the in the Atlantic, Madeira. He's not from Torino. He's not from from Italy. He's not a Juventus product. Okay, it's different. Um, and Ronaldo has done nothing but be an utmost professional. At Juventus, he's gone there. He's scored more goals than anybody else in the history of Serie A. 
and that is a that is a league with plenty of goal scorers in its history. Um, but I think both I think a breakup is actually what's kind of best for both sides. However, there's no suitors unless it's PSG. In my opinion, there's nobody else that can take him right now, as we've seen. We've seen Real Madrid distance themselves from him. We've seen Manchester United distance themselves from him. It makes no sense anymore for him to go to Manchester United now that Jadon Sancho is there. He's the future. Okay, uh, you got Paul Pogba, you got Bruno Fernandes, you got plenty of wages tied up, and it doesn't make sense anymore for United to go after him. But um, he's very expensive to Juventus, so they're kind of stuck. Both. Both parties are stuck in a hard place, but I do believe that he's going to stay. I, unless PSG come in um, after s- an eventual sale of Kylian Mbappe, um, I think he stays at Juventus, and I think he has a good season. I think once this is out of the way, this is um, this will be forgotten, to be honest. I think he's going to go on and have a great season. I think Juventus, despite this slip-up to start the season, have everything there to be competitive and to be near the top of this Serie A and to challenge for it once again. Um, yes, Inter started well, but but it's a long season, and they're going to miss those goals from from Romelu Lukaku. They're going to miss the defending from Hakimi. They're going to miss they're going to miss Antonio Conte on the on the sideline. I you I guarantee it. They're going to miss him. I'm, no disrespect to Simone Inzaghi. But he is not Antonio Conte, in my opinion. And I think Inter will hit some struggles. Now, uh, they struggled in Champions League last year. We'll see what happens this year as well. Let's start off. So, with that background, uh, the league, the Serie A, started Saturday early with Elas Verona hosting Sassuolo. Sassuolo go into Verona and win 3-2 to two on the back of goals from, and my internet is slowing down one second while I swap over to the 4K on my, there we go, the 4G, excuse me, and refresh that, and I'll tell you who scored these goals. for Sassuolo celebrating the centenary anniversary, Sassuolo in the 100th anniversary. Goals from Raspadori in the 32nd, Juricic in the 51st, and Traore in the 77th. They win 3-2. Zakani has two for Verona in the loss for Elas Verona, that is. Inter Milan versus Genoa at the San Siro. And Inter Milan, I all those all those questions I just asked about him, you can throw them out in this round one, because uh, everything went well for the the Nerazzurri in this one. Let's look at what uh, what Inzaghi put out there as his starting lineup. Okay, Inter goes with Samir Handanovic in goal, of course, three in the back, three five one one there, their uh, formation. Milan Skriniar is the right center back. Stefan Devril, the, the center center back with Alessandro Bastoni as the left center back. The wing backs, Matteo Darmian down to the right and Ivan Perisic down the left. The three in in central midfield, Marcelo Brozovic partnered with Nicolo Barella and Hakan Kaglenu. Uh, Stefano Sensi plays in the 10 role behind Edin Dzeko, the man that's expected to uh, make everybody forget Romelu Lukaku. Edin Dzeko gets off to a good start. He has one in this one. The goals come from Skriniar in the 6th, Kalyan Glu in the 14th, 
Arturo Vidal off the bench in the 77th. Remember Arturo Vidal? And Aiden Dzeko in the 87th. Inter win 4-0 to start off their new season. Empoli host Lazio. And this one goes to the side from the capital. That's right, the Sky Blues win to start the season. Goals from Milikovic, Savic in the 6th, Lazzari in the 31st, and Chiro, Chiro the hero, Chiro Immobile from the penalty spot in the 41st. Bandelli, however, got Impoli off to a brilliant start, uh, scoring in the 4th. Impoli actually led for 2 minutes before um, Milikovic, Savic uh, drew level 2 minutes later. Man of the match in this one was Sergei Milikovic, Savic. For Lazio, the Eagles take all three points away at Empoli. Torino hosting Atalanta. This is a side everybody loves, Atalanta. There is no... Every football analytics guru, every football purist, every football romantic loves this Atalanta club. Uh, And the way, you know, Gasparini, their manager, has has been managing them. And they get off to a good start on the road against Torino, of course. It's, it was only six minutes in when Luis Muriel, the Colombian, gets Atalanta on the lead in the sixth minute. Uh, 1-0 to the side from Bergamo. Uh, however, Bellotti would make it 1-1 in the 79th. And it looked like Torino were going to take a point. But in the 90th, plus three, that's when it would be decided. And none other than Roberto Piccoli would come in off a ball from Mario Pasalic. And Atalanta take all three points in stoppage time. And they will go home happy against their fellow northern side, Torino. And that closed out the action from Saturday. We move to Sunday. Bologna uh, win 3-2 over newly newly promoted Salnerditana. And Udinese and Juventus. This is the one we were talking about a little bit. The big shockwaves that come out. In the lead-up to the match was that Cristiano Ronaldo starts on the bench. Not due to a lack of fitness, but the the report was... And this uh, Maybe i got to rewind a little bit. On Friday, in the, in the presser... Um, in, on Friday, in, in the presser, Massimo Allegri said that Cristiano Ronaldo has told him personally that he's staying at Juventus. That he is committed to Juventus. And uh, we were told, and I, I've said that since the beginning that I thought he's staying. I don't see anybody coming to get him at this point. He has a year left. I think he plays out the year and he goes on a free at the end of the season. Or even if things go well, he might even stay. Who knows for less money? Who knows what he's going to do? Um, there's a there's a number of possibilities. I'm going to still remain true. I when I had Leo on this show a week ago. The original idea was that we were going to discuss this theory that I said to him and he had said to somebody else kind of at the same time. It was the same light bulb went off in our heads when when Messi signed with Paris Saint-Germain. I said, is it just me or is Paris Saint-Germain setting themselves up to put Messi and Ronaldo on the same team? We both said that, but then nobody talked about it. Everyone dismissed it like it was an impossibility. I reached out to a couple people I know in the, that have a little more inside knowledge than I do on things like FIFA Fair Play and contract negotiations and, and you know agent fees and things like. I I, I know I know a couple of uh, fo- license, licensed FIFA agents. I reached out to them. I didn't get a response. Uh, maybe it's something they can't talk about. I don't know. Maybe they didn't ever saw my message. Um, but I didn't have. 
enough information to go with to have that conversation that night. But I could see him going to Paris Saint-Germain, and I could see Messi, Ronaldo, and Neymar all on the same team. And it'll be the Carlum. It'll be the the New York Cosmos of 2021, if you want. The the and I mean the the old New York Cosmos of Canalia, Pelé, and Beckenbauer. Carlos Alberto and company, okay? It's very much, it's PSG very much maybe building the blocks to put themselves in position to do that and to go for all for it now in these next two years. But we'll have to wait and see. But in this one, it comes out a couple hours before the game that Ronaldo is going to start on the bench and that Ronaldo specifically requested to start on the bench. Now, this story has been twisted since and... Allegri has backtracked and said, oh, no, it was my decision after saying, no, it was the player's decision. I don't know what to believe. I can think of a couple different things because I have a little bit of insight into what might be going on. And he might have gotten a lead. Okay, he might have gotten a word from George Mintz that says, hey, listen, Mbappe might be going to Madrid, which opens the door for you to go to, to Paris. Maybe you might want to sit this one out today. Maybe you want to maintain your fitness. You would derail the whole thing with an injury today. It's possible. This that I'm being honest to you guys. That conversation happens all the time when the transfer window is open. Okay, the trend, the open transfer window while matches are going on is the most destabilizing thing that happens in football. And I really think that a message like that came in that day. Men's got a, got word of something, or ha- even had been personally told by somebody, "Hey, keep your guy ready because this may go down," which opens the door for that. Uh, it's business, you know. So that may have happened. It also may have been that again. Remember last year at the end of the season when Pirlo wanted to bench Ronaldo and, and try to win without him and qualify without him for some reason. And maybe maybe Allegri doesn't want to rely on him until the transfer window closes. I can totally relate to that as a manager. Maybe he doesn't want to start getting in, in the habit of playing it to him and then on the 11th hour, on the final night of the transfer window, at 11.59 p.m., before the clock strikes midnight and the window closes, he's off to Paris. So it's possible that Allegri may want to wait until the window is closed to include him. Um, whatever the truth is, Ronaldo does not start. Okay, I'll give you Udinese's lineup first for their manager, Luca Gotti. And they're playing at home, of course. These two teams with those identical kits. <laughs> the, the black and white vertical stripes. Marco Silvestri is the goalkeeper in a 3-5-1-1. Rodrigo Becao is the right center back. Bram Nuyuchink is the deep-lying center back. And he wears the captain's armband while Samir is the left. Left central defender. Uh, the wingbacks, Nahuel Molina down the right and Idioma Odugi down the left. Uh, in the center, you have Wallace anchoring with Tugle Arslan to his right and Jean, Jean Victor Makengo to his left. Roberto Pereira is playing in the number 10 position behind the striker Ignacio Pusetto. The starting 11-4, Massimo Allegri, in his official return to Juventus, his de- his re-debut, if you will. 4-4-2, old school. Juventus just does not play anything else. Frustrating if you if you are a Juventus fan, I think. Although many Juventus fans want to see the same thing they've been seeing for years and years and years. Um, I... I, I think they got to be more creative. To be honest, I think this 4-4-2 with two straight lines of four is an outdated 
outdated system, especially to play from the start. I, if you're playing for a draw, if you're playing to to hold a result and look for a counter, it makes more sense. If you're Juventus looking to win the game, looking to get yourself back to the Scudetto, having lost your first in a decade last season, I think you need a much more dynamic uh, system of play than this. But this is where Allegri goes. And Skezny is in goal. And did he have one horrible night in goal, uh, the Polish international? Danilo's the right back. Matthias De Ligt and Leonardo Bonucci, the center back pairing. Alexandro, the left-sided uh, defender. The foreign midfield, Rodrigo Betancourt and Aaron Ramsey are the pair in the center with Juan Cuadrado to the right and Federico Bernadeschi to the left. And up front, Alvaro Morata starts with Paulo Dybala. Also noticeable in his absence, in addition to uh, look look at the players Allegri left on the bench in this match. And I'm gonna already uh, this is it took one match for me to start criticizing Allegri and, and his 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 choices because he left too much talent on the bench and even in the stands in this one. Giorgio Chiellini, Cristiano Ronaldo, Dejan uh, Kulovarski. Federico Chiesa, Manuel Locatelli, all on the bench. All on the bench. Can you believe? Caio Jorge, the new signing from Santos in Brazil, on the bench. Not even on the bench. Says here he's suspended was Weston McKinney. Injured is Adrian Rabio. But how do you, why is Chiesa not in your 11 all the time? Did you not learn anything all summer, Allegri? Did you not see what Roberto Mancini had to figure out the hard way? That he needs to start Chiesa. Chiesa, over the course of Euro 2020, became the one of the, if not the, most important players in the Italian team. And now you're going to put him on the bench in Juventus. And, and bring him on in the 74th. The 70, 15 minutes for a player of that caliber. I know you've got Europa League, quali- uh, you got Champions League qualifying uh, midweek still. You lost two points here, Allegri, already on the first day because of whatever reason. And remove Cristiano Ronaldo from the argument, okay? Even if you didn't start him, and okay, and you sat him, Chiesa, Locatelli. Kulisevsky, all on the bench. You couldn't have started two out of those three. Two out of those four guys couldn't have started and you'd have a better team. Well, Allegri got what he deserved. Uh, Juventus do get out to a good start. However, Dybala scores in the third minute. Cuadrado doubles the lead in the 23rd, and I think they went into cruise control at that moment. But things start to turn, and then we get a pen. We get a pen in the 51st minute, and it all comes from an absolute debacle from Chesney, who makes a horrible uh, mistake, makes a horrible mess of a ball, and ends up for being forced to take down the to take down Pusetto in the box, and we get Roberto Pereira stepping up, and he cuts the lead in half from the spot. And in the 83rd minute, on comes Cristiano Ronaldo. We should say he is subbed on here. And I'll give you the exact mo- minutes that he is subbed on. Cristiano Ronaldo, Federico Chiesa, Dejan. Oh, sorry, no. Cristiano Ronaldo, Giorgio Chiellini, and Dejan Kulisevsky come in in the 60th minute. Um, Federico Chiesa comes in only in the 74th, replacing Juan 
Cuadrado at that time. And after those substitutions were made, it's always harder to regain the rhythm. You can introduce players, sure. But with seven minutes to play, it is Udinese's substitute, Duefolo, who finds the back of the net on another absolute poo-poo by, uh, by Chesney. I mean, he's got the ball at his feet, and he and he he gives it away. He kicks it off a player into his own goal, essentially. 2-2. Ronaldo looked to have won the match in the 90th minute as he gets his he gets himself on the end of a nice cross from Chiesa uh, in the 90th in the 90th plus four. After some VAR review, it was ruled offside. However, <laughs> the celebration and the removing the shirt and the celebration. Still sees Ronaldo get booked. I think that's comical. If the goal doesn't count, the celebration shouldn't count. That yellow card should have been rescinded. Had he committed a foul and on a player who had been offside, and the VAR review, review found that the player was offside, the foul, no matter how hideous it was, would have had a card be rescinded. But for a celebration, nope, got to... Got to lay the law down. Juventus dropped two points in front of 9,660 in Udine. Furthermore, on Sunday, I know we're going a little bit long on this Serie A segment. Uh, Napoli, with with uh, Napoli with their new manager, they uh, they take on uh, Venezia. Lu- Luciano Spalletti, the new manager at uh, Napoli, they take on Venezia. Uh, Venezia side who now feature uh, young American Gianluca. What's his, it's Gianluca? Um, he didn't even make the he didn't even make the game day roster. Now that I meant Busio, that's the name. <laughs> Gianluca Busio, uh, who was picked up by Venezia in the offseason from Sporting Kansas City. He may be staying at Sporting Kansas City um, um, until the end of the season. I'm not 100 percent sure of that. But anyhow, it is it is Napoli coming out with these 11 for Luciano Spalletti. Alex Mare is the goalkeeper. 4-2-3-1 is their formation. Giovanni Di Lorenzo, the Italy national team player, uh, starts at right back. Constantinos Manola is the center back along with Khalidou Kubai and Portuguese Mario Rui, the left back. Double pivot in midfield, Stanislav Lobotka partners with Fabian. While Matteo Politano... Peter Zelensky and Lorenzo Insigne, the captain, lead the, the attacking midfield behind the striker, Victor Oshiman. Oshiman would be sent off in this one. Um, you'd get a goal from Insigne from the penalty spot and another one from the substitute Elmas. Napoli win 2-0 at the Estadio, at the Estadio Diego Armando Maradona. And then Jose Mourinho's debut or re-debut in, in Serie A, if you will, but his debut ahead of the Gialorasi, the Gialorasi Roma. And it gets off to a great start for the special one as Roma beat Fiorentina 3-1. to Here's the 11 that Mourinho put out for the Gialorasi as uh, Portugal goalkeeper Rui Patricio debuts for Roma in goal. Rick Karsdorp is the right back. Gianluca Mancini and Roger Ibanez, the center backs. Matias Vigna is the left back. And he, of course, is the Uruguayan who was signed. And uh, he was brought in in this offseason from Palmeiras. Another key player to come out of that Brazilian side, Palmeiras. Um, 
weakening that that club a little bit the Libertadores champions and they've been struggling you can see why some of their players are starting to head overseas Matias Vina right into the starting lineup a great signing by Jose Mourinho double pivot in midfield Jordan Verito the Frenchman partners with Italy international Brian Cristante three attacking midfielders in front of him Nicolo Zaniolo Lorenzo Pellegrini and Enric Mkhitaryan Playing behind the the British the English striker Tammy Abraham, the big signing who joined from Chelsea very very recently for Fiorentina and for Vincenzo Italiano, the goalkeeper is Bartolome Drakowski. He's he had a very short day. He was sent off very early for a poor challenge when he came out feet first. Um, I know it was the minimalist of contact, but it did prevent a go a clear and obvious goal scoring opportunity. The Cogso we hear that. That acronym all the time, Cogso, clear and obvious goal scoring opportunity, automatic red card, VAR confirms, and Drakowski played only a matter of minutes in this one, as as Fiorentina played much of the match with 10 men. Lorenzo Venuti is the right back, Nikola Milinkovic and Igor are the center back pair, with Cristiano Beraghi as the left back and wearing the armband for La Viola. Uh, Giacomo Bonatura, uh, yeah, Giacomo... Giacomo, sorry, Giacomo Bonaventura. Apologies to my Italian friends there for that butchered pronunciation. He is in midfield on the right side. Eric Pulgar, center, and Joseph Malay to his left. The attacking three, Dusan Vlahovic is the striker. Jose Maria Callejon to his right, and Nicolas Gonzalez to his left. So we talked about that. Uh, we talked about the, the sending off of the goalkeeper from from uh, Fiorentina early on, and th- that was in the 17th minute. In the 26th, Anrik Mkhitaryan appears to have been offside. Referee calls it offside, however, upon further review, upon looking at the VAR, VAR overturns the call on the field, allows the goal 1-0 to Roma, an assist in the 26th there by Tammy Abraham on his debut. Uh Nicolo Zaniolo receives a needless yellow card in the 44th. Keep that in mind. Uh, 45th plus 3, Giacomo Bonaventura also goes into the book. He, of course, is on the other side playing for Fiorentina. 52nd minute. Uh, yes, it was after ha- halftime was in between, but only six minutes of actual play separated these two. It's Nicolo Zaniolo again. Second yellow card. He's off. We're playing 10 versus 10 at that moment. And then Nicola Milinkovic in the 60th gets on the end of a pass from Eric Pulgar. And it's 1-1. All of a sudden, La Viola pull level. And Jose Mourinho must be going crazy inside as his team had everything controlled. And suddenly, it's 1-1. But it wouldn't last long. Four minutes later, the Frenchman Jordan Verito, or Veretou, um picks out another pass from Tammy Abraham. Abraham with two assists in this one. Uh, and he finds the back of the net. It's 2-1 to Roma in the 79th. Veratu would do it again. This time the assist comes from Eldor Shemurudov. And it is 3-1. We see Steven El Shaori replace Enric Mkhitaryan for the last five minutes as uh, Carles Perez also replaces Lorenzo Pellegrini. We move through. And in front of a, I think it was about a 33% capacity crowd, at the Stadio Olimpico, I don't have the official number. Jose Mourinho returns to Italy and returns with a victory. 3-1 to the Giallo Rossi. So, after one round of play, eight teams uh, picked up wins 
and share first place right now. Inter, Lazio, Roma, Napoli, Bologna, Sassuolo, Atalanta, Milan are the eight with victories. Cagliari, uh, Juventus, Spezia, and Udinese with one point each, taking places 9-12. to 12. And then Elis Verona, Salnerditana, Torino, Sampdoria, Empoli, Fiorentina, Venezia, and Genoa are the teams with no points. That's where it stands right now. In Italy, let's move to Spain. Let's keep this show going. Let's keep moving. La Liga. In a match where the Giants begin to lose. In a match. In a round where the Giants begin to drop points. Of course, I'm talking about Barcelona and Real Madrid. It was a great weekend if you're a supporter of Atletico Madrid and of Sevilla. As um, they... Already, like I said, start to put a little space between them and the two normal Giants and the rest of the pack. The round started Friday, August the 20th, and it was Real Betis at home 1-1 against Cadiz. A disappointing result for Real Betis. They have high hopes. Deportivo Alves hosts Mallorca, and it is the Islanders who come in. And Mallorca win 1-0 on the road at Deportivo Alves. Espanyol, newly promoted, hosting Bijareal, the Europa League winners and uh, Super Cup finalists, obviously beaten on penalties in the Super Cup by Chelsea. And Espanyol hold La, La Máquina Amarilla to a nil, a nil draw. It is uh, a point each. No goals in that one. Granada hold Valencia to a 1-1 draw. Valencia continuing to struggle. They were hoping to get off to a better start at the start of this season. And then a nice mouth-watering uh, matchup here. Athletic Bilbao hosting Barcelona. Let's look at the lineups in this one. This one, of course, at the San Mims in uh, in Pamplona. Um, sorry, in, in Basque country, excuse me. My apologies again on that in Basque country. And we'll look here at... The lineup starting with the Basque side with Athletic Club Bilbao. Julian Agarzebalda is the goalkeeper. They're playing 4-4-2 old school. Indigo Lecuyi is the right back. Daniel Vivian and Inigo Martinez, the center backs. Mikel Balenciaga, the left back. In midfield, Dani Garcia partners with Unai Bensador and Alex Berenker and Iker Muniain are the two wide players behind the forwards Inaki Williams and Oyehan Sanse for Barcelona for Ronald Koeman Neto again gets the start in goal American Serginho Dest once again gets the start at right back the center back pairing is Gerard Pique and Eric Garcia Eric Garcia gets his marching orders in this one uh, as he picks up two yellow cards Jordi Alba starts at left back. Sergio Busquets is in the hole at the number six position in a 4-3-3. And he's also the captain. Frankie de Jong to his right. Pedri to his left. And in the attack, it is none other than Memphis Depay. We talk about him all the time. He's wearing the number nine jersey. And it is Memphis Depay partnering with Antoine Griezmann and Martin Braithwaite. We just said that. Barcelona's goal comes from Memphis Depay in the 75th. That's to rescue a point because they were losing at the moment. Because Martinez had scored for Athletic Club. Um, Inigo Martinez had scored in the 50th for Athletic Bilbao. And a share of the spoils to each. Barcelona dropped their first points of 2021-2022. Moving to Sunday. Real Sociedad won. Rajo Vallecano nil. 
Atletico Madrid versus Elche at Nawanda Metropolitano. And a lot of news and a lot of there's a lot of rumor around this Atletico Madrid side. Uh, you've got talks of of players coming in, the likes of Bernardo Silva possibly coming in. You got talks of players leaving, the likes of Saul Ni- uh, Niguez, uh, Manchester City linked with Saul. And this is just a this is a hectic part of the season when the transfer window is open. Like I said, it's incredibly hectic, and it is it is a nightmare for a manager to be honest. You don't know what player you're going to have from today to tomorrow. Um, Elche on their opponents would start in a five-three-two. So this is going to be this is always going to be a tough matchup for Atleti. Uh, Francisco Casilla is the goalkeeper. They're five across the back. I'm just going to go from right to left. Hella Belton, uh, Enzo Rocco, Gonzalo, Pedro Biegas, Johan Mojica. Uh, across the back. Then you have in midfield Ivan Marconi in central, Raul Guti to the right, and Fidel Chavez to the left. Lucas Boye and Pere Mija are the two strikers. So back to our to Barcelona here. Jan Ob, I'm not, excuse me, back to Atletico Madrid. I got an Atleti jersey right behind me, and I just called him Barcelona. My, my apologies there. I had a momentary lapse. Maybe a Biden moment. I don't know. Uh, Jan Jan Oblak is the starting goalie in you know uh, Simeone's beloved four four two that drives me absolutely insane. As I've already said, even more so when Atleti do it. Uh, Oblak's the goalkeeper. The four across the back. Marcos Llorente is the right back. Stefan Savic and Jose Jimenez are the center backs. Saul Niguez, the left back in this one. In midfield, Jeffrey Condogbia partners with Koke. While Rodrigo de Paul and Thomas Lamar play down the flanks. Up front, Yanni Carrasco starts with Angel Correa, and it is him again. That's right. Angel Correa with his third of the season. If I'm not mistaken, he has all of Atleti's goals thus far. Atleti win 1 0 at home to Elche. They've got six points, and they solidify themselves and put, them, put distance between themselves and Barcelona and. Their cross-city rivals, Real Madrid. That's because Real Madrid on the road at Levante drop two points. Here is Real Madrid's lineup uh, that faced Levante for their new manager, Carlo Ancelotti. Thibaut Coutois starts in goal. They're playing 4-3-3. Lucas Vasquez, Eder Militão, Nacho Fernandez, and David Alaba, the four across the back. In midfield, Casimiro is the holding midfielder with Federico Valverde to his right and Isco to his left. In the attack, it is ben- Karim Benzema, the captain, as the striker. Gareth Bale to his right, Aiden Hazard to his left. And we get goals from ba- from Bale and from the substitute Vinicius Jr. in this one. It's Real who get off the off the off the mark first. They get out of the blocks first. They score in the fifth minute, and it is the aforementioned Gareth Bale putting Los Blancos in the lead. Uh, in the 46th, Roger would level for Levante. In the 57th, Campana would put Levante ahead 2-1. Fast forward to the 73rd and the substitute Vinicius Jr., the former Flamengo player, will level it for Real Madrid for Los Blancos. It is 2-2 in the 73rd. And then in the 79th, Rober would put Levante back ahead 3-2. Looking like Real Madrid were going to lose all three points, but in the 85th, Vinicius Jr. comes through to rescue a point. Real Madrid 3, Levante 3. Two games on Monday in La Liga. Getafe hosts Sevilla. 
Sevilla go in. And like I said last week, Sevilla, this is a year they have to be laser-focused on their La Liga campaign. They have to focus solely on the league. Um, this is their best opportunity they maybe ever had to win La Liga. All right, here's the 11 that came out for Sevilla in this one. For their manager, Ulian Lopategui. Uh, Bonu is in goal. 4-3-3 is their formation. The captain, Jesus Navas, the right back. Jules Cayunde and Diego Carlos are the center back pairing with Marcos Acuna, the former Sporting Lisbon player, uh, as the left back in midfield. Fernando is the holding midfielder with Juan Jordan to his right and Oscar Rodriguez to his left. Yusef El Nazari, the striker. Suso to his right and Alejandro Gomez to his left. This match was decided in the faintest... Latest of of moments off the bench, Eric Lamella in the 90th plus three would give the victory to the Andalusian side. Sevilla take all three points. They save it for late, but they get all three. And as a result on goal difference, they are the leaders right now in La Liga. Sevilla and Atleti with six points. And then four teams with four points. That's Real Madrid, Barcelona, Mallorca, and Valencia. Real Sociedad have three in seventh. And then Levante, Cadiz, Real Betis, Athletic Bilbao, Granada, Espanyol, Osasuna, B and Bija Real all have two points. While Celta Vigo, Elche, uh, El, sorry, Celta Vigo and Elche have one point. And in the relegation zone, in the drop zone, 18th right now, Getafe. Uh, 19th is Deportivo Alves, and in 20th is Rajo Vallecano. The three of them have zero points. Okay, quick break. Won't be long. Uh, on the other side, we're going to go to the Premier League. Okay, this is Parking the Bus, episode 73 here on the PTB Media Network. You're listening to the Parking the Bus podcast here on the PTB Media Network, your English language home of Copa Libertadores. Welcome back to Parking the Bus, episode 73. We move now and we park it in Britain. We park it in England. Premier League, round number two. All right, we're going to fly through these next three leagues. We're going to fly through uh, the Premier League, the Bundesliga, and the Liga now. As time is winding down here. So we started off Saturday. Liverpool 2, Burnley 0. The Reds pick up 3 points. Aston Villa 2, Newcastle 0. Struggles continue for the black and white stripes. Um, for the Geordies. They continue to to dream of better days, if you will. Um, be interesting to see where Newcastle is in a month's time. And... It'll be interesting to see if they can find some kind of form here. In London, it's Crystal Palace versus Brentford. And the promoted side pick up a point again. Brentford able to go on the road and get a point. Nil-nil the final result. As this start of the season not going well for Patrick Vieira um, in front of Crystal Palace, the new side, his new side. Uh, we can look at this real quick here. And, I mean... Uh, Connor Gallagher gets the man of the match here for Crystal Palace, but there's a whole lot of cards, not a whole lot of, fo- of football, of course, not a whole lot of goals being scored, few opportunities. Um, it ends nil-nil between Palace and Brentford after a nearly fought contest. The chance of the game arrived within the first 10 minutes, and that was for Z- when Zaha slipped Gallagher in behind before the midfielder cracked a shot against the underside of the bar from there. 
game became a lot tighter. Brentford just shaded the, for the first half, but Mabuemo and Tony spurned opportunities in the second, and Brentford were in control but failed to create any clear chances. Raya was forced to make one brilliant save from MacArthur's rasping drive on the break. Ultimately, though, the game finishes nil-nil. And Patrick Vieira, the new manager at uh, Crystal Palace, has his work cut out for him while at Brentford they must be ecstatic. All right. Marcelo Bielsa's Leeds take on Everton. Um, and and um, it, this one is taking place at, at Ellen Road. Uh, in front of 2,843, not a great crowd, but uh, that tells me there were some restrictions in place for this one. Of course, Rafa Benitez is the new manager at Everton. And the first goal of the game does go to Everton. It goes to Calvert, Dominic Calvert-Lewin in the 30th minute from the penalty spot. But Leeds will pull level in the 41st. Thanks to Mateus Klitsch, it's 1-1. Demarai Gray would make it 2-1 again for the Toffees in the 50th on an assist from Abdullahi Doikoyer. And uh, Everton looking to push for a a victory here and try to pick up three points. But the home side would pull level in the 72nd. Former Vitoria Guimarães and Sporting, uh, Port, sporting uh, midfielder Rafinha, the Brazilian, picks up the equalizer on an assist from Leon Cooper. It ends 2-2 between Leeds and Everton. Manchester City take out their first current frustrations on Norwich City. The EFL Championship champions rudely welcomed back to the, the, uh, the Premiership uh, as the Premier League champions at home pound them 5-0. This is at the City of Manchester or the Emirates Stadium. Uh, as it's now known, goals from uh, it starts with an own goal from Cruel, and then Grelish, Laporte, Sterling, and Mares would add goals throughout the match. A uh, quick look at the eleven for City: Ederson in goal, four three three. Kyle Walker, Ruben Dias, uh, Laporte, and João Cancelo the four across the back. Rodri, Bernardo Silva, and Ilke Gundogan in midfield with uh, Fernand Torres as the striker once again. Gabriel Jesus with the man of the match performance to his right, and Jack Grealish. To his left. Um, not much to say about this. Pep's team comes out. Gets goals from Sterling and Mares off the bench. And again, another team with one heck of a bench here. Sterling, Mares, uh, Zinchenko, Fernandinho, and Benjamin Mendy all on the bench here. For the Citizens, three easy points. Uh, making up for their defeat one week ago uh, to Spurs. Brighton, Hoven, Albion. Pick up three points at home in a 2-0 victory over Watford. Brighton get goals from Duffy and from Maupai. And it is it is uh, three points to Brighton. Southampton, Man United, Sunday, early on in the first one. And just think, I kind of felt validated by this. Just in time to slow the hype train on Manchester United after their thumping, resounding, uh, 5-1 victory to open the season a week ago against Leeds. Ole, the, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer shows uh, he's still got much to learn as a manager, in my opinion. And um, again, until I'm proved otherwise, this United team are pretenders for me. And I wish I were wrong about it. I want to like Manchester United, and I still can't seem to do it. 
Uh, we'll look quickly at, at who Ole put out there to play this match. The last time they played Southampton, they beat them 9-0. This time, it's a 1-1 draw. Um, they played in a 2-3, in a 4-2-3-1. Uh, De Gea, the goalkeeper, Juan Basaka, Lindelof, Maguire, and Shaw, the three in the back, the four in the back. Matic and Fred would would uh, partner up in midfield, the attacking midfielders. In front of them, Bruno Fernandes central, Paul Pogba to his left, Mason Greenwood to his right, Anthony Martial, the striker. You can't do any better than that, Ole. Seriously? You can't put anything better than that? Let's look at the bench that he left out. Jaden Sancho, you only paid a fortune for him. Yeah, give him a half hour. Scott McTominay. Jesse Lingard off the bench for for a whopping four minutes. Rafael Varane on the bench, perhaps not ready to play. Diogo Dalo back from loan from uh, from AC Milan, and he is in a spot he he might as well get comfortable with and engrave his name on that seat on the bench. Diogo Dalo on the bench. I don't see him playing over Juan Basaka at any point uh, for this manager. Uh, Donny Vanderbeek, Juan Mata. And Daniel James, all on the bench. Here's the injury list at United. This thing is, is this a list or is this a novel? Here are the, <laughs> Alex Telsch is injured. Uh, Ahmad, injured. Anthony Ilanga, injured. Dean Henderson, injured. Edison Cavani, personal reasons. Eric Bailly, personal reasons. Marcus Rashford, injured. And Phil Jones, injured. Sounds like they're running a real good, uh, a real good train over there at Old Trafford. It's much of the same, if you ask me. Uh, at the Molyneux Wolves hosting uh, Tottenham, Harry Kane gets on on the pitch in this one for Tottenham, uh, and it would be Delhi Ali from the spot that would decide a tough break in the ninth minute. Uh, Bruno Lage, zero and two now. My favorite manager. In world football, or at least the one I'm most interested in watching, the one whose story I want to see fulfilled, um, he's off to two start, two losses in England. Not the start he wanted or anyone else wanted for him at Wolves, but um, again, it's a long, 38 matches is a long time. Uh, new manager, new country, a lot of turnover in the side. It sounds like uh, Traore is on his way out. I know they just... They just rejected a bid for him, but it's only a matter of time, from what I understand, before a few a few more dollars or a few more pounds are added to that bid and it'll be accepted and Adama Traore will no longer be um, a member of Wolves. Raul Jimenez just working his way back. I think there's still a lot of upside in this Wolves side. But well done to Tottenham and to Nuno Espirito Santo and uh, Spurs. Two victories from two matches. And then Chelsea go into the Emirates and beat Arsenal. Everybody can go into the Emirates and beat Arsenal. Nothing special there. We said we'd talk about him. One goal comes from Romelu Lukaku. Let's look at the lineup quickly. Um, We won't worry about Arsenal because nobody cares about their lineup right now. Edouard Mendy, the goalkeeper for Chelsea. Uh, Azilpqueta. Espilqueta, um, Christensen, and Rudiger are the three center backs. Reese James and Marcos Alonso, the wingbacks. Jorginho and Mateo Kovacic as the double pivot in midfield. Mason Mount, Kai Havertz, the attacking midfielders behind the striker. Romelu Lukaku. Lukaku gets on the board and reopens his scoring account with Chelsea all these years later in the 15th minute. Reese James adds one in the 35th. Um, and it's just a. It's just a typical Arsenal performance here at home. This is what Arsenal have become. 
And they have zero points after two matches. Monday's match, West Ham at the London Stadium. Surprising thumping of Leicester as they get goals from Fornals, Ben Harama, and two from Antonio as West Ham win 4-1 over Leicester City as Thielmans would add one for the Foxes, uh, but too little too late, obviously, and a good start to the season for West Ham. Quick look at the table. West Ham are the leaders. We've got five teams with six points right now. West Ham atop on goal difference and then on goals scored. Then Chelsea and Liverpool right behind them, both with five goals, four and none allowed. Brighton, ladies and gentlemen, in fourth right now with six points, and Tottenham fifth with six points. United, Manchester United, that is Everton, Brentford with four points each, all three of them, sixth, seventh, and eighth. Then City, Villa, Watford, and Leicester with three. Southampton, Crystal Palace, Leeds with one. And then you got Wolves, Burnley, Newcastle, Arsenal, and Norwich with no points. Moving on to Germany now and to the Bundesliga. Let's take a look at how this round went down. Round two once again, um, just as it was in England. And right off the bat, it is Jesse Marsh picking up his first victory as a manager in the Bundesliga. RB Leipzig, 4-0 winners on Friday over VFB Stuttgart. Goals from Sabozlai, uh, two of them from Sabozlai, one from Forsberg and then and then Andres Silva adds a penalty as he scores his first for uh, for RB Leipzig. Three points to the side that I'm still, I've got big hopes for this season. Bochum 2, uh, Mainz 0, Frankfurt 0, Ausberg 0, Freiburg 2, Dortmund 1. Marcos Rosa already dropping three points in round two. Freiburg with a big victory uh, over Dortmund. Uh, Gruther Firth, 1. Armenia Bielfield, 1. Erta Berlin, 1. Wolfsburg, 2. Wolfsburg, as uh, listeners of my Mr. Benfica podcast will know, purchasing, signing uh, um, Luca Waldschmidt. Yeah, Wolfsburg. Signing Luca Waldschmidt for $13 million, $5 million under his market value. That's a good bit of business for Wolfsburg. Bayern Leverkusen, 4. Borussia Mönchengladbach, nil. That was the Bundesliga this week. Oh, that was Saturday's matches in the Bundesliga, I should say. Looking at Sundays, you got, you've got you got Offenheim, 2. Union Berlin, 2. And then Bayern Munich pulling out a 3-2 victory over Cologne. We look at the table now. Wolfsburg are top of the table. They're the only team with six points after two rounds. Congratulations to them as they're the only team to win both of their opening matches. Hoffenheim, Leverkusen, Bayern Munich, and Freiburg with four. And then starting in six is a whole slew of teams with three points. It's RB Leipzig, Dortmund, Cologne, Bochum, Stuttgart, Mainz. They all have three points. Twelfth place right now is Union Berlin with two, as does Armenia Bielfield. Then you have Frankfurt, uh, Greuther Firth. Mönchengladbach and Ausberg with one, and then Erta Berlin, the only team so far with zero points. Lastly, we move to France, and we get the French Ligue 1, and it's our, even though Messi and Neymar can't be bothered to start playing anytime soon, uh, still on holiday, I suppose, uh, you have, uh, you have PSG just coasting in France, and in here I have their I have the fixtures here. So we go back 
to this round in France. It started Friday night in Brest as Brest hosted PSG. Paris Saint-Germain 4, Brest 2. I got about one minute left, so I'm going to fly through this. Lens 2, Monaco 0. Saint-Étienne 1, Lille 1. The defending champions just absolutely struggling out of the gates. Lyon uh, 3, Clermont Foot 3, Bordeaux 1, Angers 1. Metz 1, Reims 1, Montpellier 3, Lorient 1, Strasbourg 1, Troyes 1, Rennes 1, Nantes 0. And Nice, I've run out of time. I'm not going to have a chance to talk about this, but Nice and Marseille abandoned. Supporters rushing the field, attacking Marseille players. And, um, well, just Google it. Uh, if I have the opportunity at some point, I'm sure I will give my op- I'll give my opinion a little bit deeper. I'll do some more research and speak more educated on what exactly went down. I just know the match was abandoned. Fans rushed the pitch, and there was violence. Um, be interesting to see what the 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 league does in as far as the result of this match and what will happen. Okay, we are all out of time here for this episode 73. Parking the bus, this has been the Mr. Mike Agustinho here with you. Don't forget, follow me on Twitter at, M- at Mike Agustinho. That's at M-I-K-E-A-G-O-S-T-I-N-H-O. And follow the show at PTB underscore media. I'll see you next time. There's more There's more common uh, content coming out throughout the week, so enjoy it here. Wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, you name it, it's all there. Thank you, and I'll catch you next time here on the PTB Media Network. 